Welcome back to the Theology of the Buddy podcast, episode 21. In this episode, the boys recap their Triduum adventures and begin to sing the praises of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as today is the first day of the month dedicated to her honor. Grab yourself your favorite beverage and come and join us at the podcast table. We've saved a seat just for you. Oh. <clears throat> Hold on. He knows what to say. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. <laughs> I must be out. Please leave a message the at the beep. Is that, yeah, right on. <clears throat> what are you doing? It's a little bit. Gloria in excelsis Deo. <laughs> we need the organ going, too. Happy Easter! What's up, guys? Oh, man. That's great. Happy Easter, yeah. Happy Easter. Happy Welcome Easter. in. We're recording. Divine Mercy Sunday, Low Sunday, Quasi... Quasimodo. Quasimodo Sunday. Indeed. Yeah. Because... Quasimodo comes from the introite, right? Yep. yep. Very, very cool. Yeah. And so we're recording, and this podcast is coming out on May the 1st, so it's all about Mary. It's, it is, it is, my dudes. Yeah. So. It is Mary's month, my dudes. Exciting. It is. So, so yeah, before we get into the topic today, we want to actually uh, share about- <laughs> how our Easter's went and Triduum's <laughs> went we ended up in the diaspora. Yes, that's what we, we were. That's what we, what we were calling it for <laughs> a while. So, long story short, so <laughs> Julie and I we took off, headed towards Detroit to go to uh, Detroit for the the Triduum. So we planned on going to the oratory for the entire thing potentially. Um, we were planning on staying there, and Matt and Aaron were going to join us. We got a hotel. Um, and they were going to meet us there. We get down there and we get a text. And what did that, that text say, Matt? Well, well, actually the first text I sent you was just that you were asking where we were Um, and, uh, you told us there was pretty bad traffic at the border, wondering how long it took us to get across. And I just, uh, I think I responded back saying, oh yeah, we're a little bit behind you, but that's because... Aaron and I, we were driving together, and we stopped in a little town because Aaron wanted to get some an extra pair of pants or something. Yep. yep. Yeah. Tan pants pleated. Can't and find them. We went back to his house just to grab a couple other things, and I was like, hey, Aaron, make sure you have your passport. That's all you really need. He told me that twice. Yeah. And then I looked in the car. I was like, wait a second. I don't see my passport. And I knew I had it that morning, so it, it turns out I lost it no. on Holy Thursday. And we looked for it frantically. I actually looked at my Google Maps timeline. We did a lot of driving that day. We drove back to my apartment, back to the stores, back to Aaron's house. I think back to my apartment again, and then the stores, and then Aaron drove me home. Anyway, I lost That's my crazy. passport. Somewhere along the way. Somewhere along the way. Yeah. Or it was stolen. I don't know. Yeah. Now... 
Aaron was telling me that you have a penchant for putting your passport in the arm of the door. Is I that think true? that's where I put it. I don't know if I don't know if that's where I put it, but I, I thought it might have been there. So when I opened it, it probably fell out. It just flew away. <laughs> yeah. It was so. very providential. Like I'm, now that it's over, you know, it's just like it seemed, you know, Matt was meant to stay home. Yeah, apparently. Now, yeah, so what did you end up doing then for your your triduum? Well, it had been, uh, what, 50 years since the institution of the new form of Holy Week. So I thought I would celebrate, uh, I don't know, I don't know, sort of. And it was for just for Holy Thursday. And I, I, I guess I'll start off with something positive. It had the best, one of the best homilies I'd heard in a long time about the collapse of reverence for the Eucharist. And I think he said since Vatican Council II, talking about the need to recognize the real presence there. But then it was just, it was so confusing. He, I don't know. It he was, didn't recognize the real presence. It, it didn't, I don't know. Wow. He, he, yeah. Everyone's standing when they're receiving communion. And, you know, there yeah. were these poor little girls. By, by the edict of our bishop, right? Yeah. Poor Which little girls sucks. leading the procession to the altar of repose with, the priest was walking like really solemnly behind her. <laughs> and she was just at a marathon pace running ahead just super proud of holding the incense and anyway so holy thursday that was my experience i actually went with Gigi and owen nice <laughs> and uh Gigi's going to be joining us on yeah. a future podcast oh, by the way and then no but I, I ended up going to three different cities for uh friday saturday sunday i did a lot more driving than if we had gone all the way to detroit I think yeah. 1,300 kilometers that oh weekend. Oh, my gosh. It was great. All because you lost a passport. All because I lost my passport. Although I did find out you can get a passport replaced on a stat holiday. It only costs $500. So. Only 500 Yeah, I was, I was wow. half considering doing Oh, he, yeah, he was considering it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and then I decided, you know what, maybe I wasn't meant to go. So <laughs> stayed home. I actually drove up our purveyor of truth bombs, Justin, to Good Friday. So it was the first time he'd seen a, a an old form, uh, any of the, well, it's not really Matt, Mass or the Presanctified. Then I drove up closer to Toronto for Saturday and down to Windsor on Sunday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Good Friday was good? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, it was it kind of a, a newer choir. I think they did a good job for the amount of chanting you have to do in that mass. It was it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a it was lot a very of chanting. Tough, tough mass. Yeah. yeah. How was your How was your Easter, guys? <laughs> well, Chris's butt still hurts. Well, that's after. That sounds okay. terrible. Uh, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that. just a second. Delete that. <laughs> um, how was your Easter, guys? <laughs> so our Easter. Chris's butt still. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just leave this in. It's fine. Um, no, so we, so yeah, so Thursday we got down there and, and Matt had broken the news to us and Julie and I were living under a, a dark black cloud for the rest of the evening. <laughs> and not just, not just figuratively, it was raining. It was raining the entire that day. Yeah, that is true. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was like we, for at least for the first day, Aaron, like Aaron still came down. We were really impressed that you still decided to, to come down. But like it, it was like at least the first day, it felt like we couldn't get in sync with one another because you were like, you came to the mass and the mass was, the mass was lovely and the parish is, well, 
It was. We so we all went to the oratory together. Yep. And maybe we built it up a little too high. Maybe that's kind of what the the situation. No, you was. can't build up the institute too too much. You weren't there. I know. <laughs> well, we went there for the fifty five. We wanted to see yeah. the pre fifty five. Yeah. And it was cool. And Canonstein's and amazing. long, but long though. Yeah. I mean, everything's long there. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, so many differences. Like doing the, like we talked about on the the week of week podcast podcast where we talked about the washing the feet being done outside of the liturgy and and all of that i mean just it just kind of made it longer it felt he brought up that they washed 13 people's feet yeah because of a novelty by pope saint gregory Gregory the the great i had never heard that before have you heard of that no yeah no because i didn't i didn't go to the institute the last time i went to tritium tell me all about it yeah so the 13th person so again the 12 people represented the 12 apostles but the 13th was um there was a poor person that wandered in off the street and oh. sat among the 12 at this massive Pope St. Gregory the Great. And he just said, you know, just keep going. Yeah. And so he a just pope. washed his feet, yeah. his feet too, and kept going. So that's why we have 13 now. I didn't know that. I had never heard that. And I've only ever seen 12. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, at mine, it was 10 ladies and two men. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's that's that's really neat. I can't imagine a pope washing the. F- I mean, obviously he did. He was Whoa. an amazing pope. Pope Saint Gregory the Great was yeah. amazing. But yeah. it was even just neat seeing pictures of from Gracciliano, Italy, the the mother house of the institute, seeing Cardinal Burke washing the feet of seminarians, like and the most junior seminarians, and even like serving the meal on Friday as kind of a little inversion, like the. The most junior people are served by a wait, cardinal. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> they ate on Friday? Well, yeah, it was, don't they don't, it was a vegan meal. <laughs> they don't do black fast. No, they Good don't. Good to know. They don't. What a bunch of modernists. I know. I know. <laughs> don't, wow. don't take this from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so yeah, so... So that we were off sync, though, right? Cause yeah, because like, like, he was like, after Vespers or whatever, he's just like, I'm out. No, and no, I was no, just no. like... I didn't make it to Vespers. I'm like, Vespers. Oh, you didn't stick for Vespers. I'm Catholic. I leave for this stuff. Yeah, right? like, like he, he stuck for the, the... Just the mass. The mass and the procession to the altar of repose. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you're just like, peace out. And I'm like, what? where are you going? And like, he was, he left. And then like, so once it got to like adoration time after the washing of the feet was all done, I walked out, I called Aaron. I was like, Aaron, where are you at, man? He's like, I'm an owl. I'm like you're an owl julie and i were gonna go to owl after we go to adoration he's like oh well i was planning on coming back and going to adoration then and finishing off the eight you know off yeah. till midnight and i was like oh oh okay well enjoy owl <laughs> <laughs> i was just like Matt. <laughs> yeah it was like that the whole week basically weekend so it wasn't like that though we were on sync the, the rest of the weekend i think uh like we did a lot of the same things together. Why well, did to get away from Julie? Because on Friday when she was fasting, she her face. I was like, "Whoa, I gotta get out of here." That's true. That's true. But but you broke the fast on good. Was it Good Friday? Yeah. Yes. Tell the world. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's talk about it. So in Detroit, there is this place um, called Sister Pie, and uh, or Sister Pies. I can't remember. But Aaron had expressed uh, days before we left 
about how he on Good Friday really wanted to have some hot cross buns. So that voice exactly. So that <laughs> so he really wanted those hot cross buns, and so like I had started looking for a place to get hot cross buns, and lo and behold, there's this like hipster bakery in Detroit <laughs> that makes these hot cross buns, and they're exorbitantly expensive. But I just kind of threw it out to Aaron. I was like, so there's this place, and Aaron's like, oh sweet. So he calls them up. On Good Friday. And what'd they say? I call them up and, and they're like, oh, we don't take orders. It's first come, first serve. And then I'm like, oh, well, I was on the other end of town. Like, if I'm there in an hour, will there be any? And she's like, mm, I, I don't know. And then she just like, you know, customer service in a bakery is always terrible. And she's like, I'm like, oh, shoot. So then I take off immediately for hot cross buns. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did you actually drive an hour to get hot cross buns? No, I just said an hour oh, okay. just for time. It was ha- it's well, right, probably, it's right probably the it would have taken an hour to drive there and back. Yeah. Would have been a half hour. Well, then I went and bought some pants. I went and picked up those those tan pleated pants that I couldn't find at Walmart in Strathroy. So I I went went to JC Penney. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. He was going to go to Macy's or he went to Macy's. I went to Macy's, yeah. And they didn't have the pleated pants. So he went to JC Penney instead. But um, the wall had the mall. The mall had Wi Fi. So I was fine. I was so American. It was just weird. Oh my gosh. Did you get like a takeout cup? Yes. Did you? Sweetie. Sweet tea. Well, yeah, I found that weird when we first went down. Everything's open on Good Friday and, and yeah. Saturday. Yeah. And oh, can I can I do an aside? Oh yeah. So a couple days before, I almost lost it at work. One of my colleagues said, "Like, why why is it a stat holiday anyway on Good Friday? Nobody does anything that day." And this is this lady's a Muslim, and I was like, I almost lost it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like actually we do, and you pagans can just like yeah, I'll just delete this. But no, no, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, that's too bad. I was that's so weird. mad. I was just like, yes, there is something that happens that day, and it's amazing. It was so. Yeah, so Saturday, Tenebrae. There the, are. Oh, but hold on, oh, before no, before no, we go back to Tenebrae, we have a voicemail that pertains to oh, this. to the high cross buns, right? Yes, so. We received a message from our friend Brooke, who left us an awesome voicemail. This is the first time the boys are hearing it, technically. So, let's see. This is what Brooke sent to us in a voicemail. If you guys want to send a voicemail to us, you can do that through Facebook Messenger. Just follow us on uh, Theology of the Buddy. You can just follow, look us up, facebook.com slash theologyofthebuddy, all one word. Um, and you can click send a message, and you can send a voicemail to us and we'll include it in the show anyway so here's what brooke said guys this is brooke strauss of visual litany and i just listened to your most recent podcast about holy week super interesting by the way if y'all want some hot cross buns i will absolutely make you some at a very high price oh yeah i'm not sure what it'll be yet think about it anyway Stay classy, guys. Y'all are great. Well, thank, thanks very much, Brooke, for that voicemail. Um, I think we definitely would want to take you up on that offer. Um, just, I'm wondering if you can maybe message us back and let us know if the Buddy 2019 discount code will work on those high-priced hot cross buns. Yeah, 20% off? Yeah, can we get like 20% off or whatever it is with the, the discount code? That's so nice. let us know. Also, if you would like to uh, shop at Visual Litany for all of your art needs, 
you can find her on Peter's Square and uh, use Buddy2019 and get a discount off your order. It works all through 2019. So, yeah. Thanks again for that uh, discount code, Brooke. Discount code, Brooke. All right. Well, let's continue on. So Saturday. Do you, you want to get into your your breaking your black fast with hot cross buns? Yeah. And, so and so face? you guys so you guys were just like absolutely <laughs> inconsolable that day, like especially Julie. But like honestly, and you you know the worst part about it is what like the worst part about Julie, it? the whole time that I'm really working hard right at fasting. I'm thinking to myself about the exhortation of our Lord, you know, like when you fast, you know, wash your face and do not be sad like the hypocrites, you know, and I'm like, okay, I've really got to, I got to do this well. I've got to look good. I got to be good. I got to not be super grumpy. And, uh, you know, but like, even in doing that, Julie kept being like, stop judging me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. uh, like she'd like she'd like go and get like a little like I don't know a yogurt at the you know the breakfast spot at the hotel or whatever. She'd come back and she'd start eating it and look over and see me just kind of like sm- sitting there smiling. She'd be like, "Stop I'm judging me!" me. <laughs> like the happier you get too, like the yeah. more angry she was going to be. But like her fasting choices were like I noticed she got cookies and like not just one cookie but two on holy saturday okay, no wow, good Friday. Yeah. Yeah, hey. that's that's what we were all doing while we were waiting for our lord to resurrect eating cookies eating cookies <laughs> that's what julie was doing anyways <laughs> no, it was fun. stop judging, judging me, me. Yeah. no it was fun we all fasted together i yeah. ate two hot cross buns Chris i only ate one magnanimously only ate one and, and that was all i ate that day yeah and he fasting is very difficult for chris because you know well, no. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Because he eats a lot. So that was fun. That was our Friday. Like today, I ate two crunch wraps and a half. <laughs> that you guys would right And a salad. Like, Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Yeah, over to you. Um, <laughs> two and a half crunch wraps. Um, but so, Holy Saturday. So yeah. we continued the fasting through Holy Saturday. Yeah, you fasted yeah. from church and didn't go to Tenebrae. I didn't I go to Tenebrae. <laughs> <laughs> it was really tough. But the, here the thing. The thing is, so okay, so Good Friday, you went off to oratory for the Good Friday. I went. Julie and I were like, forget that, because the pews were so hard at oratory. So we went to uh, to Assumption Grotto. Hang it with Michael Voice. Yeah. You can yeah. sit on soft pews and chat it up during mass. No, we didn't. <laughs> yes. okay. But uh, there was the procession of the True Cross. Yeah, it's really which right. is technically right. more traditional. Yeah, deal with that, Matt. Um, <laughs> Watch out. Yeah. Watch uh, out. Yeah, and then Holy Saturday, Julie and I decided not to go to Tenebrae because our backs were killing us and our butts were killing us. And then we went to Holy Saturday that night yeah. at Oratory. Good for you. Yeah. yeah, it was good. I felt like a pagan that day. I was actually at Costco. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got really excited to was... to get something ready for the the vigil uh, post party, and uh... our vigil actually ended at like ten p.m. So I I knew you guys like what you were on like the third lesson out of twelve by yeah. then. Yeah, I think they were just lighting the Easter fire. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, we were done, and I went down. I was like, it's not even midnight. It's not really Easter, but yeah, we all said Happy Easter and Hallelujah. So I'm going to eat, 
Yeah, we had a we had a pretty good spread go. Did you? <laughs> yeah, and actually, and that was in Windsor. Uh, no, Saturday night was in Mississauga. Mississauga at uh, a caramel there. Nice. I saw two Carmelite nuns. Really? Yeah. Like, was it? Are they just calced? I don't know. Yeah, we I'm were looking at their shoes. Yeah, the other day. I, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, their habits are too long. Couldn't see their feet. Hard, hard to see. <laughs> hard to see. Yeah, but yeah, no. So we went to oratory, and it started at nine. It was in the pre fifty five. Confession started at eight, and you were first in line for confession. So Not first. We were, we were there. No, I eight. was not there first, but it well, was definitely in the line for the confession, and I was the last guy to get it. Yeah, that was close. Yeah, it was unreal. Um, so yeah, we were there at eight. Mass started at nine, and yeah, it was a marathon. I took two Tylenols before mass. So did Julie and I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it was it, my butt hurts, man. Dude, it it was tough. It was tough. I mean, like the hardest part was like going through that litany of saints. So like instead of like in like in the sixty-two and like you might might be familiar with in the Nova Sorda, right? You'll hear, you know. Sancta Diosev, ora pro nobis, you know, and like, and that was, like, the, that was the tone. You nailed that. But like, it was like, you, you know, know, you just go one, on to the next saint then. Too. Yeah. The choir, the choir says the name, the laity say the response, and then you move on. But like in the 55, you have to, the laity respond to the entire thing. Yeah. That's great. It that took, didn't make sense how you explained it. Like it goes, oh, I don't know. In Latin, it would be goes, like, Holy Mary, pray for us. Holy Mary, Holy Mary pray, pray for, for us. us. Yeah. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint, Saint Joseph, Joseph, pray, pray for us. And so, so it was like doubly long. It doubles the it length. W- and it was triply long because he sang it quite slowly. Super slow. The, the, That's the church's most solemn cry for help. I love the litany of the saints. I'm jealous. It is her it is her most solemn cry for help. But like if it if it was <laughs> a frantic for cry for help, it would have been a little faster. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. Yes. Yeah. And like yeah. My human frailty. I was broken by the time Did, well, Saturday. There, there were people in choir. Okay, there were some. There were some great, notable people. I think from the Franciscan, the uh, Franciscans of the Holy Spirit. I think okay. they were there. Um, so I think there was three of them, and like you could tell, one of them, one of them was like closer to my size, and like you could tell, like he was sitting there or kneeling there during the litany, and he just like started to slowly slip down below the <laughs> the pew. Like he's just hurting so bad. Yeah. I felt bad for those guys because all they get is a little kneeler pad on yeah. the floor. Yeah. I mean, and it might work for like a 30 pound altar boy. Yeah. But for, for like- a 200 pound like Franciscan, it's, for the first hour, it's fine. Then when you hit third, <laughs> you're like, "Wow, man! What were the early Christians doing all night at the vigil? They were there Standing. all night, yeah, Standing. and then, moving then, around. Didn't they like time? Like they probably time the mass with like the next day's sunrise. Sun, sunrise, yeah, probably. <laughs> they were doing uh, anyway. Well, where is our original fervor? Yeah, not, not in. Detroit. I don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it went really long. We got out, and we Julie and I got in the car after we decided where we were going for our Easter. Easter dinner, which we'll mention momentarily. And we both looked at each other and we said, what time do you think it is? Oh, really? That's right. And I was like, I think it's one o'clock. And she's like, I think it's probably one as well. We turned on the car and it was like 1255. And we're like, that's crazy. It was almost four hours long. Yeah. Oh, man, that does. That's perfect, though, because it actually in the reforms for, for 62, they actually said it needs to be at night, and actually, you're supposed to time it so that the mass part begins at midnight. 
Because then you're you're having Easter Mass on Easter Sunday. I do like that. I love that. Like you're having Easter Mass as early as possible, like 12.01. I like that. I didn't like doing it. I wish you were there and I was in Mississauga. I don't know why I loved it so much the last last time. You know. Because it went to 1 a.m. last year. I don't want to badmouth the oratory, but they've (laughs) taken a dive musically. It's it was actually quite a shame like they yeah, just bad. they had some issues so i don't know yeah yeah and i don't know it, it, julie it, julie and i really really loved when we went to assumption grotto for good friday the music was on point but again the preaching you can't beat the preaching at uh, oratory yeah canon stein like that guy and, and in the confession oh yeah amazing. he's a he's a great confessor Man, if only he could be my spiritual director. <laughs> I know. Aaron Apparently, though, for the local guys in the area, like he makes a point for young guys to, to find time to do spiritual direction with him. Oh, good for so, him. So, like, I just, I respect him so much. Time to move to Detroit. Yeah. I just think the oratory is having some growing pains, right? With, just, yeah. with just, you know, it's tough. They're, they're only like three years old. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was very interesting, too. They had. How many? Uh, five baptized, seven altogether confirmed. Yep, yep. Um, and like the difference with this versus like other parishes, and I know this might sound incredibly judgy, but like. Stop judging me. <laughs> stop judging me, Chris. Um, but <laughs> like you can tell that these people were really serious about what they're getting into. And you know the reason why is because they've been formed by, by these canons. You know, you know that they're. That I mean, they, they do the full thing. Like they actually, the people being baptized are given their like baptismal garment, like the white cloth. They're given it earlier in Holy Week because like there's there's a prep period in Lent. Like it's not all done just that night either. Like the 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 first part of the ritual isn't even done on the Easter Vigil night. It's actually done earlier really? in the week. Like they I do really, they do the full. Th- yeah, it's I amazing. I was listening in like eavesdropping on one of their classes just after Tenebrae. I was praying a rosary or something. And he, Canon Stein, did I tell you guys this? He you told specific- me, but I don't think you oh, don't he have- specifically told them that they had to like renounce if they were Protestants, renounce their heresy and error, or if they were just hedonists. He's like, you have to renounce hedonism. I was like, who the heck makes anyone renounce hedonism? I'm like, should I renounce hedonism? Like, I, I think everyone should. <laughs> renounce, yeah, like, uh, no, I like, mean, who, con- like, so yeah, their their formation was legit. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like, I ended up just for for S and G's watching the because they recorded the um, Easter vigil at the parish of Our Lady of Good Counsel in Plymouth, and so I decided to watch their baptismal time i don't know what it's called uh during their vigil and i think they had something like 20 or 30 people and they had like basically a swimming pool uh baptismal font at the front of the church and it was it was insane they were just like dunking them and giving them hugs and welcome home and yay and all that stuff and you're like i'm watching it and i'm like i know what the attrition rate is in these RCIA classes and they're something like 80 to 90 percent mm. you know and it's like I feel so bad that they have to not even one they probably don't even 100 percent understand what the faith is they probably just went to an alpha course and said that was good enough maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong and if there's anybody from Our Lady Good Council listening tell me but like I honestly do question how much formation these new RCIA candidates get 
at a place like that. And I mean Catholic formation. I don't mean seriously just like get them to believe in Jesus because that's the first thing that they should do. But I'm telling like the the whole the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's actually, I mean, we've mentioned her before, so I feel like I'm not scandalizing anyone. And Barnhart, she tells a story when she was received into the church at the Easter vigil at the seat of a diocese. They, were, they actually made a joke saying, well, we're glad you could all make it to this Easter vigil, but we know we're probably not going to see you ever again. And like, it was actually a ha-ha moment saying, you know, they won't come back for Sunday mass or anything. And this, the priest actually that's said crazy. that. So like, you're not going to get that from Canistine. And then- no. The, the institute we shouldn't even see it as that extraordinary because that's that's how the formation should be but i mean yeah we're 100 those people are very lucky and canonstein i don't know if you saw but just coming out after he had done tenebrae saturday prep and then he had to do all the masses he he got back into his cassock and he was like joyfully going with his catechumens like and it just looked like a father he's like there's nothing that's going to stop me from yeah. like going and hanging out with my, oh, my yeah. now bros like like you know if you wanted to talk to him he would have just brushed you off because he was going to the <laughs> can we talk about the stink face yeah who's stink face father eric cannon steins during no. no yeah okay fine but <laughs> you could tell that he takes so seriously his role in in the formation of these catechumens because when it came time for communion the other canon actually took the ciborium and went to go and give communion to the first communicants and Canon Stein is up, you know, giving communion to the altar boys and things yeah. like that. Canon Stein, I swear, like like laser eyesight, just like yep. just looks at nice. looks at this other canon. I can't remember his name. Um, terrible I, singing voice. I had never um, seen him do anything irreverent, but like while he's giving out communion, I remember he leans over to someone. He's like, he mouths something like that should have been me or something like yeah. It was intense. Yeah, like, like he, he was just like, looked. Like, o- he just looked over and just like shook his head. Yeah, and then he, and then he proceeded down the stairs and like, like butted butt him, butt him, butt him by the way. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I'm giving it to them. Like, so I kind of felt that was a little funny. But um, yeah, speaking of which, though, the following week, uh, one of the catechumens, anyway, who was baptized, got yeah, her kid was brought baptized. into the church, was baptized the following Sunday. And the they, sun- they, they renewed got, their wedding vows. Yeah, they got married, like actually married, wasn't yeah. it? I don't know how that works. That's like a complicated marriage thing, but it's cool. they're in the church. Yeah, now, so. it's neat. Hey, tell us about your bum. About what? <laughs> about, uh, so yesterday? the rigid pews of, oh. of St. Joseph Oratory. Oh, it just hurt so bad. Yeah, they... Oh, sorry. Is Julie ever coming back to St. Joseph Oratory? I don't know. I don't know. Like, she's literally like, I don't know if I would ever go back. Did you guys go to my secret pew? Yeah. It's it a little help. bit longer seat. It doesn't help. Slightly it doesn't help. It doesn't help. Uh, After a four-hour long yeah. mass where half of it's kneeling. I loved it. <laughs> no, no, yeah. No. Um, yeah. But speaking about, is my butt okay? Um, so we decided to celebrate with our scola yesterday. Oh, or Friday, um, in the in the Easter octave of Easter, and so we all ate ghost pepper wings, and well, I was the winner, so let's just put some numbers out here. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you won on sheer quantity, but certainly not on style. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, fair. <laughs> like, I, I didn't win the style. I was crying and, and you did look like you were on the verge of death. Yeah, yep. I think. Yep. I think Greg won style. No, no, that goes to Jonah. 
Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, I don't know if we're allowed to say his name. Can I just say? Can Never I repeat that? It. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> we said it. You're allowed. No one's yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, like, we asked, like, he ate this wing and he had... Jonah's a younger fella. He's eight. Didn't even look like he was, he wasn't sweating or anything. And we just asked him, yeah, how, what did you think of the wing, Jonah? He's like, <laughs> it was hot. No, no, yeah. no, no, didn't, he had, he had a different word for yeah. it. Like, he said... Uh, it's like fire in no, my No, yeah, mouth. I said, yeah. it's like a flame. It's That's like a flame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, he calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was just pretty calm. calm. Whereas yeah. like some other people try to bite and they were, they wanted to jump out, that was me. out of the house or something. Yeah. That was Anyways. me. But I still ate three. Yeah. One for each of the yeah. blessed trinity. And then he, he sent a gif with the guy. In a, <laughs> the next day. With a fire next, hydrant and yeah, he's like and sitting on it when it's going yeah. up his butt. That was funny. Yeah. The next day we were all, I think we were all regretting it. You were regretting it too, yeah. Aaron. Yep. A little yep. bit. Yeah. There was a lot of, that's a lot of ghost pepper. Yep. Yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Crazy. It was fun. So speaking about the fire of the Holy Spirit. Oh. <laughs> What are you segueing into? What am I, I segueing into? Uh, the Lord suffer. I don't know. Oh no 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 no! One more thing. Yeah. Just because, like, credit where credit is due. Matt and I went to Windsor for Easter Sunday Mass. I never knew Windsor music is beautiful. Everyone should go. Like, I don't. I just can't speak enough. It's the By best. Far. It's it's amazing. Like it, I I mean I was I was lucky enough to go there for four years, and it, every single thing they do sounds like. CD quality. I mean, I, I always thought it was kind of crazy. I, I was hoping this is what every Latin mass was like, but they're like, if you're familiar with the Cambridge singers, like easily that quality. Wow. I would buy a CD if they put it out and like, but these are live performances. I always thought Matt was just like saying that. I'm like, yeah, no. it's not that great. So but, if you're in that area or even if you're not in that area, yeah, you should go, go. windsorlatinmass.org for, for their mass times. They do it. Uh, it was a mass by uh, Palestrina for Easter and it was fantastic. Yeah. We didn't go to Easter Sunday mass together. But we all split up. But yeah, but we went to Bob Evans that morning yeah, for it was breakfast. Fun. I had brought yeah. my maple syrup down on good. the farm. Segway time, baby. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. Well, today's so, May the 1st. That's a lot for everyone else. For everyone else. And uh, we were just talking about how this podcast will be about Mary and just it popped into my head the best way to talk about Mary is to start with our Lord's suffering. So we're going to flash back to uh, like Lent just for a second here. We're talking about our Lord's suffering. Okay, so our Lord's suffering, it's just something you don't think about until you think about it. When he suffered on the cross, uh, like when martyrs suffer, like St. Lawrence, he could joke because he was given the grace perhaps to see what um like what his future glory would come from this martyrdom or whatnot or you know how much good he's doing for souls but our lord by a miracle removed all consolation from his humanity when he was suffering so it was it was horrific like you no one can imagine actually he's the only one who's ever suffered that much um and what actually then made him suffer even more was our lady there because our lord doesn't love it like if everyone combined he's he still loves our lady more so you know obviously if you think about it if it's like well the person i love the most is suffering because i'm suffering that's going to make your suffering increase right and that kind of spiraled that, that that does just spiral out of control until like the crucifixion in a sense can almost you can just imagine it would just be like in their minds i know our lord thought of all of us during his crucifixion but like it would just be like this like just like this blur all around them and just them too like yeah just suffering you need together. to sit in like 
chew on that in your mind a bit though in yeah. mental prayer but and it wasn't it wasn't just him like our lady stood there and she knew that just being there she was causing him more suffering. immense suffering but she would she wouldn't rather be anywhere else and like it was kind of this just back and forth and so she knows she's the cause of a huge bulk of his suffering and then she sees the pain she causes him and he knows him being up on the cross yep. she can't even offer him any consolation it's just that's when i really started to appreciate the sspx logo i'm sure other people use it but they're two hearts like intertwined and that's yeah at the cross the hearts are one do you have anything to say about that, Chris? No, well, I was just thinking, like, you were saying, like, he's, he's suffering because of her. In a way, too, kind of a, in a veiled, mystical way, He, what he was doing at that moment was he was ensuring her immaculate conception. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, he um, applied those merits, merits ahead of time. Ahead but... of time to her. Like, how cool. Like, yeah. he would have known that that's what was happening, too. And that's why Our Lady can sincerely say, my, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, how, yeah, because yeah. she she was saved. Yeah. But yeah. at the moment of her conception. So, and or before, to, or before her conception. Yeah. Before, before. Her, yeah. And also, throw back to our purification podcast. Um, she, Our Lady had to give her consent just kind of all along the way, especially to her own suffering, because God at like high-level saints he always asks for consent. So just another thing to think about then, too. If, you're, if you were Mary, um, you would, there's only one thing that you would love, and that would be God. And it's, it's kind of bizarre to even think about it. I've been thinking about this lately, like, She's literally asked to give up the one thing that she loves. Like Mary doesn't care about her car, well, she didn't have a car, you know, but she doesn't care about her room or her house or her clothes or, you know, she has nothing. She literally only has God and she's asked to give that up. Like that's, you know, like pink, like God never asked that from anyone. Like yeah. he never says like give up. Only me. from himself. Only from himself and his mother. So yeah. why this is why she's called the queen of martyrs because she suffered more than them all combined. Um, and yeah, and basically for May, this is where her greatness comes from. The fact that like you don't go through suffering like this for nothing. Like our Lord, and you know we can all think like this. Like oh, why am I going through this? This is terrible. Like our Lord doesn't do anything for nothing. So he he knew probably a consolation to him was like ah sweet Mary, it's gonna be like for eternity the queen of everything. Yeah. So if if you ever just if you're uncomfortable with like why so much respect is ever given to Mary it's because she suffered more than the entire like every other created being combined yeah, she earned it well and also nobody none of us can honor her more than God did though no exactly. I mean I, I was going through one of our meditation books and like she's the only human being who is a first degree relative of the Trinity <laughs> like that's there's there's nobody else in the history of the time not even the highest seraphim I mean, like, she's God's mother. Son and spouse. Mother, daughter, and spouse. Yeah. So, sorry. Oh, sorry. Ooh, ooh, meow. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah no. But, like, yeah, she's a first-degree relative. But then no, but God... how can you... Uh, nobody, nothing we say can honor her more than that. No. So, like, there's no... I don't know how... That's why when you first read St. Louis de Montfort, I guess probably years ago when I first read him, I was like, what was he talking about? People go overboard all the time. But no, you, you literally can't. No. All the... Yeah. All the tongues of angels. Like... You stop at the seraphim, be like, oh, look how much they love God. And then you like move on. And you're like, oh, wow. Like Mary is yeah. so much closer. It's pretty cool. It's true. It's true. The thing, the thing about Mary too, is that she just, 
like every ounce you we kind of talked about this in the um in the uh carmelite podcast but like at every moment she cherished what was happening in her heart you know it wasn't like she was a victim of her circumstance um she literally would take it all in and in her perfect heart would meditate and and be able to come to understand be able to look beyond the veil of just what's happening in front of her you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i mean we we recognize obviously that at the end of the day while she, you know she was the the virgin daughter of <laughs> of god the father you know um she she was a was human like she's not she's not god you know she didn't have like this crazy um what's the word preternatural knowledge like like her son would have um she was going through these things you know and there was still that veil of mystery too you know i think what also makes her such a um an example to us is the fact that despite the circumstances that were placed before her while she willingly suffered it she suffered through it with complete trust and confidence Mm -hmm. in god Mm. you know it was willfully accepted Mm. and and joyfully accepted and um so not only is she you know um, an example of suffering but she's an example of trust you know i find that especially for me she's the person i go to when i am struggling with whatever whatever stuff is going on in the future i always look to her for that example like teach me how to trust our lord like you do you know i know i know that's kind of a side note man chris he always takes it like from like intellectual to like you know it's like i'm chris pinnaker i love god i'm so sick of it and that line has always kind of stood out like him the holy spirit doesn't waste words in scripture and he i think a couple times says and she kept all these things in her heart mm-hmm. like it's you know that that means something yeah <laughs> that she was you know probably a level of meditation or well, contemplation, contemplation. That none of us can ever really fathom but you know that that line's not just there as a oh by the way no it's that you're yeah. supposed to sit and meditate on that yeah yeah and that's kind of the gift of the rosary too, right? Yeah. It's meant to help us to learn how to ponder these things in our own heart, yeah. the life of Christ in our in our own heart and soul. I didn't know that. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to, welcome to Catholicism. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. The, the rosary is like what Our Lady would have meditated on. Which is I, also why I really like the, just while we mention that, the Servite rosary, because, you know, it's from, uh, we have the Sorrowful Mysteries, but... Again, more from her perspective to the things she would have kept in her heart at those sorrowful times. Sorry, go yeah, on. Thanks, man. Wow, that's a good story. I too, yeah. I, I think did I read somewhere she like Jewish woman would have had like something similar to like a decade like or prayer counters. Has anyone ever heard that? Like you'd have like I'm a, not sure. Come on, back me up, guys. Come on, Matt. Matt I've never on. heard of that. Okay, well, anyway, we should a, we should ask our friend uh, Deacon Mark Nugabauer. Yeah. He'd, okay. he'd probably know. Oh, yeah, he would. Oh, that's cool. There you go. Cool. Yeah. I can pretend that I've heard that, but I haven't. You haven't? Okay. The, the thing is, though, I mean, whether or not she had that, I mean, she was in the temple praying 
the Psalms, right? So yeah. there was a Psalter that she was fully aware of that also somewhat matches the, the liturgy of the hours that we follow or the bravery that we follow. Um, you know, so she was constantly meditating on the word of God day to night, you know, so it only makes sense that the word would be born in her. <laughs> no, because, um, yeah, yeah, I've heard that too, right? Like she, the word was born in her before he actually came in like incarnate because yeah. like she just she already had God yeah, in her Saint, heart. Saint Augustine. Is it Saint Augustine Mary conceived Jesus in her heart long before she ever conceived him in her womb I tried to beat someone but Saint Augustine was already there yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. This yeah. Is so annoying church fathers they, yeah, they thought about those guys stuff. <laughs> those guys so oh, yeah. that's funny yeah so you guys want to talk about some things about Mary like that old movie you know there's something about Mary. That is a terrible movie. Yeah, I know it is. Principle of the, the integral, integral good. Yeah. Integral, Speaking integral, of which, worry, we'll make Chris take a penitential shot. For the record, I'm not going to see Endgame because of the principle of the integral good. What's the Endgame? Avengers. Oh. The new oh, Avengers. Oh, is that the one that everyone, like three hours? Everybody's talking about right now, and I'm just like, I can't go. What's Apparently the there was a 6 a.m. showing in London, and it was totally sold, sold it. Yep. 6 a.m. That's yep. it. Oh, you were telling me that. Anyway, it sounds great. I've always wished there were morning movies back when I did go to movies. I don't know if I want them that early, but yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty surprising. That's yeah. cool, man. I'm just saying it's tough. It's tough. It's okay. We're here for you. Podcast. So just to do some editing. Septopus. Okay, that's sweet. Okay, that shouldn't be in the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I almost forgot, everybody. I wrote the theme song for the movie on my way over here. Cool. What? Let's hear it. No. <laughs> Guys. Two, three, four. Beware the mighty Septopus. What a dandy guy. What? Lives on top of the submarine and he's always eating pies. He does He's eat always pies. eating pies up there and throwing festivals. He doesn't throw festivals. He's the grandest guy in town with seven testicles. Tentacles. Septopus. Septopus, 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 Septopus. Um, do we want to get into like a pot? Like, so I had these show notes, and yeah, I I like some of the things that you point out because because these things are stuff that helps to remind me about Our Lady throughout the day. Okay, so like so one of the things that we that Aaron especially uh wanted to kind of talk about was. Um, St. Louis de Montfort's kind of outlook on Mary, especially in the true devotion uh, to Mary, right? Like th- this is what where those some of those thoughts are coming yeah, I, from. Yeah, I right? meant to review that, and I never did. No, I just made this up, and then yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to fill up these show notes, and I oh. just never did. Okay, this is terrible. I yeah, know. some of these are great though. Like, Aaron, let's start with the the sky. I remember one day I was like, oh, the sky's blue because of the rally effect and like scattering of light. Yeah, that's such a blah, doctor. Blah, blah. And then Aaron comes in and he's like, oh, I, I always thought the sky was blue because of Our Lady. Why don't you, why don't you tell that thought? Yeah, because like, like the, we have the sun and then it's got harmful rays. And like that's our, that's our Lord's justice and Mary shields us from the justice. And then it's beautiful at the same time. It's just like, wow. Like, the light Mary passes through. The, the light, yeah. Light passes, passes through, through the sky. Layer representing our lady first. She's the mediatrix of all graces. Did you know? Whoa. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yes. I don't know. Our lady uh, in, in nature. She's everywhere in nature. Mm-hmm. Star of the sea. Yeah. Like uh, St. Louis de Montfort likens her to the moon. Right, yep. because she reflects the sun. She's yeah. not the sun, 
but she, she reflects the most perfect reflection of it. Yeah. And and the yeah. saints are the stars. Like her, in comparison with the states, with the saints, are like stars, and she's the moon. So yeah, that's a pretty big difference if you look at the moon on a full moon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you did you know that in one of the Star Wars films, an entire moon falls on Chewbacca? N- no, actually, yeah. did he live? No, no. I think that was how he died. I think like one of the one of the like bad force dudes. I don't know. What you call them. Is this one of the new? What do you like, say? Like a book. It's a book. Oh, it's oh, a book. book. Yeah, in one of the books, he actually like uses the force and brings a whole moon down and crushes Chewbacca with an entire moon. Oh man! No, Random that, side note. Yeah, that that's a good story. They were really running thin, eh? Or they just wanted Chewbacca's death to be glorious. I think that's just why. Like, yes, the like, whole moon has to crush like, him. Yeah, a blaster's not going to work on this furry guy. Got to kill him with the moon. With the moon. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, just like our Lord, sometimes it's hard to come to Him. So, the Lord uses Our Lady to break down our pride. And yeah, 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 all the time. Like, yeah, that's why that's why Satan fell because he couldn't handle Our Lady's humility. Humility is that's one one of the one of the reasons that people say he fell. Yeah, but yeah, her humility, like. An angel appears to her, hey, you're going to be the mother of God. And she's like, oh, who the heck's this guy? Like, it was just like she was troubled. Like, why would anyone be troubled? Like, that you know, if an angel... Only God is good. What do you mean? Yeah, like, like, she didn't even think about herself. herself. Yeah. Like, if an angel came to me, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. I'm amazing. Thank you very much. And fin- <laughs> finally, someone notices me, right? <laughs> finally, like, heaven pays attention, attention to, yeah, to how great of an to, MC I am. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got called out today on... An improper emceeing when I was in Schaumburg. It was. It's a tough blow to your pride when you're like, um, you've been doing something wrong for like uh, yeah, four you, years. Uh, you you used the thurible for, wrong yeah. during the, uh, yeah, the insensation. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually exactly it. But like, it's scary. You're telling <laughs> you're telling other boys like this, right? And you're like, I've been telling people this wrong for so long. It's it's. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about Mary. You put in here. Her humility is her favorite virtue. And yeah. I just wonder if you could expand on that. I can. What? <laughs> I just these show notes are terrible. I no. just remember it was. It's neat. It reminds me. It reminded me at least of a, of a Father Ripperger talk, and he talks about an exorcism, and he coerces it out of a demon. Probably not in this exact language, but um, asking the demon like, "Why are you so afraid of Our Lady?" Because like every time he invoked her name, she was or he invoked her name. The demon would just excruciating pain, and he just said, "It's her power is in her humility." Uh, you have to sit i don't know power in humility you know it's one of those contradictions that god seems to work with but it seems to be terrifying to the demons that virtue which i just thought it was interesting you said it's her favorite one well like my soul doth uh, magnify the lord like when humility can be likened to like a magnifying glass the clearer it is the clear like the clear the more humble you are the clearer your magnifying glass is the more powerful you are with god like she reflects god so much she's the closest image of him like she's the closest god only creates perfect things well okay wait no 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 god only creates good things and the gooder something is that's right i'm going there um the just the closer it is to himself so all mary is is just like something that's marvelously close to god yeah Um, but still infinitely far which yeah thinking about our lady and how great she is though should lead you to realize how incomprehensibly great God is too. Yeah. yeah I, oh, okay. I did do some research for this podcast. Some. Oh, I did. So, th- th- he addresses this. He's saying, like, you know, heretics. Who? 
Um, I don't know, actually. Anyway, some book I was reading. <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> he does. He, yeah, get over it. Um, he's like some heretics, you know, like have issues with loving Mary so much. Um, and they, d like when you use these, like Mary's like infinitely better. Like you're saying like above the saints, like she's still, she's not God. Oh, this is St. Louis de Montfort. Mm, well, isn't it right at the beginning? They're of, all the same. They all talk like, but no, it's in the blue book. Oh, right. But right at the beginning of True Devotion, he talks about how, you know, in case anyone thinks I'm trying to call Our Lady God, mm -hmm. I declare that, you know, next to him, she is, and, she's, but she's an a Adam. Nothing. Yeah, she's like, like an a, Adam. And that's that's where she's so great because she knows that. She's, yeah. And like my soul doth magnify the Lord. But it's but it's cool because I, I little, I'm going to have a little testimony moment here. We, we've we been have. drinking so much. I can just tell. I can just tell. You know, when you're just like, hmm, this podcast. Anyway, the glory of the workman consists in the excellence of his work. Like, you know, who am I? Like, Aaron Drahushek, like, I'm a nobody. But, like, if you're like, oh, look at this job. Who did this, right? Like, when we look at Mary, you... Like every time I've had like a big epiphany about how great Mary is, it always leads to God. I'm like, if Mary's this great, how much greater is God? Like she keeps blowing my cre preconceived motion, uh, notion that she keeps, you know, exploding my preconceived notions of who God is. Cause she's like, well, Mary's like this amazing. So God must be so much better. Like I've never like Mary, Mary's so humble. Like she never, nothing's about her. Right. So like mm -hmm. the more you think about her, you're like, she's so great. Well, like, look how God's so much better. So that's Mary. That's So that's yeah. Yeah. like, and, and God made her. Yeah. And yeah. you say that like the, where the glory of the workman, but there, there are saints that talk about how God kind of outdid himself here. Like, yeah. As far as mere creatures go, you, I mean, it's one of those canards that, you know, atheists throw, oh, can God create a, a rock so heavy that he can't yeah. lift it? I mean, that just is outside the nature of God. It's, it's it's a fallacious statement to begin with. But, like, there's nothing he can create, as far as a limited creature goes, more perfect than Our Lady. And he was, after the 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 word, his son, she's the first thought of creation. In and, his and, and that is because, if you're like, oh, why, how can you just say that? That's because... She's the mother of God. You can't like name any creature that's better than the mother of God. Like actually, if someone does, well, they can't. But I'd love to hear comments on that. Like the, you can't like who's who's better than the mother of God? The uh, well, the father of God. But that that's God the Father. No, but even even the the highest seraphim can't claim it's, that honor. No, like it's they don't even start to claim that honor. Like there's nothing. They don't even have like a that's it. So yeah. the mother of God. Like what's better? How can you be the mother of God? The God is uncreated. That's great, yeah. yeah, it's all this is stuff that takes time to sit, though. Like this mm -hmm. is, you have to, the, yeah. Meditating on Our Lady is great. Uh, Aaron, I guess through Lent was what you took breaks on Saturdays to meditate on Our Lady, like yep. just to yeah. kind of break it up. I that would have been. I probably should have done that, but I was, I just went through the Passion meditation book that ended on Good Friday, and then in Easter week I'm going through one on Our Lady, and it's been. It's great. It's, it's totally different, but it all, it still points to the same source of all this goodness too. That's awesome. We yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is great to, yeah. to get into uh, Marian consecration. Actually, I don't. Yeah. Really... Can can we can we quickly go back though and just talk about Mary's connection with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I, yeah. As long as you're talking. About yeah. It. No. No. I was just the, like the one one things actually. Can you pass me that book? Yeah. Uh, under the little dice bags there. The only book on oh, the wow. table. Oh, that's, that looks great. Nice book. 
Let's see if I have it here. This podcast is stupid. Are you going to mention... There's somebody, I forget who it was, maybe you'll remember, said that she's as close as you can get to an example of the incarnation of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, St. Maximilian Kolbe, um, he really um, puts forth a comprehensive theology about Mary as the uh, created Immaculate Conception and the Holy Spirit as the uncreated immaculate conception oh wow so I've never heard so that the the relationship between the two of them is like there's the reason why they we consider them spouses not is not simply because of the fact that he overshadowed her and the word was incarnate within her but they they're so similar like the Holy Spirit found in Mary a worthy spouse who was like him you know like in so many ways in his in his um yeah so there's a there's a great book called immaculate conception and the holy spirit the marian teachings of saint maximilian colby it's by uh, i'll i'll include it uh, it's by father um, monto banami he's a uh dominican what what he's a dominican <laughs> Are you allowed to read that? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I'm allowed to read okay. that. But yeah, no, like, I mean, he talks about Our Lady. He says, you know, in the Holy Spirit's union with, with Mary, we observe more than the love of two beings. In one, there is all the love of the Blessed Trinity. In the other, all of creation's love. So it is that in this union, heaven and earth are joined. All of heaven with all the earth. The totality of eternal love with the totality of created love. It is truly the summit of love. Like you'll never find a love relationship stronger than that of the relationship between the Holy Spirit and Mary. I mean, obviously the relationship within the Trinity is higher, but I mean, no other created human has that experience. There's because no... the relationship, like the love between them created the word? Yeah. Is that like... Not that it created the word, but the oh, word sorry, was yeah. incarnate. The incarnate, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of neat and part of the thing that I wanted to mention too is that because of her relationship with the Holy Spirit whenever we approach our times of prayer whenever we approach especially like things like the rosary and our devotions like that receiving communion yeah mm -hmm. we we can approach our lady knowing that she also has in particular sway over god the holy spirit that you know when we call on her he shows up too yeah it's know, not, it's in a big a, way it's not a sway it's just he's so in love with her yeah that that he's just like it's like you know me when i'm after a girl i just like oh man i can't like mm. madly in love well and it, yeah. it's not even that there's no mind changing involved though either right like right. our lady is so unified to exactly. god's will that she wills what he wills yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, no, I, I, I just think it's just incredibly beautiful how that relationship is almost, I don't know what the, if the word symbiotic is correct, but I mean, he so fills her mm -hmm. like that she becomes like him yeah. in such a way. Like, you know how they say like husband and wives, like the longer they are together, they more become like each other, you know? Um, like when Julie becomes hungry on Good Friday, <laughs> I, I have to have a hot cross bun. Yeah, like that. 
I think that relationship between the Holy Spirit and her just, you know, the Holy Spirit is the love of the Father and the Son. And so, of course, she would be filled with love and total charity insofar as she was capable, you know. I, I just I just love I just love her and you know so I I think that she is ultimately the f- most fantastic teacher of prayer. And we talked about this in the Carmelite podcast about how she I know okay, don't don't give me those glances, Aaron, Aaron. <laughs> yep. But she is she does teach us how to pray. And so if you're struggling in your own life of mental prayer, staying committed to your your daily prayer, ask her for help. Because when she shows up, so does the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But speaking of that, Mary also is in the business of saving souls. And because because of her love for our Lord, she wants everybody in. She like she is she's hungry to save souls. So that was actually her commission from the cross. Like that's that's scriptural. Um, our Lord said like. What did she say, Matt? I told. I, I promised I wouldn't ask Matt. You mean like me mother, out. behold your son? No, son but it's it's even more like more like ancient language than that, right? He calls her woman, mm-hmm. and that and it's I think it's like it's a the word used in like Genesis, right, woman. right, right. Like right. it's a it's an honorific, but he's he's just saying, woman, behold your son, and then son, behold your mother. But um, yeah, that's when she was given the the and i think that's probably why not the only reason but why saint john called himself the apostle whom our Jesus lord loved yeah yeah, yeah and it's so because he kind of stands in the place of all of us mm-hmm. at that moment but yeah, and those so were also her birthing pains those are, yeah us, her right? heart was ripped apart then and yeah she had her birthing pains for us spiritually at that moment during the crucifixion and then so you're like well why you like you what were you just talking about something like why would mary like gun out for us it's because because our lord commanded like that's the whole mm-hmm. purpose of creating her was to get to win mercies for us and you know and yeah she, that, and she and does that, that. that book we met, we linked to um meditations on the school of jesus crucified there i found an older version of it on archive scanned from like 1800s and it actually has uh three meditations for after day 31 and they're about our lady on the on mount calvary before our lord dies when he dies and then when he's placed in the tomb wow and you know i'm sure it's in other places too but he just talks about how like cruel of a trade that was too right Oh, you know, yeah, if yeah. from our perspective, like, you see that's a great trade. The son that Ooh, yeah, wow. this is the only object of her love that she didn't even get to comfort in his last moments. Um, and then, and he was taken away from her, and all of us were given to her. Uh, how and we were the cause of his death and all her sorrows. But it, it's not like she, she doesn't feel any resentment at that. She's like, oh, this yeah. is the will of God. So this is this is my mission now. Yeah, like it's you know thinking of her. Yeah. But but see here's here's one of the things I have a question of as well like um, or maybe just a thought on as well like the fact that she was able to take us on part of me thinks like like she was already in a place obviously where she would like. She's watching uh, like her son be brutalized on the cross and she would be in that moment willing to let him go through that again to save us. Like I feel like she was so 
much in love with us too mm -hmm. at that moment on the cross like there's a reason why we call her co-redemptrix she had that hunger for souls too she knew what was going on she knew it was coming she um, would have crucified him herself like she would have driven the nails in i read that somewhere if, if yeah, that yeah, was the will of God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just showing how unified she was with his will, right? Yeah. And but they also talk about how well, quite a few saints, I think, that I've read of so far talk about how almost miraculously she was, in a way, she was shown us too. And, and like she knew, like she's like, well, I'll say it to myself, Matt was the cause of this. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to take him on as a tough project. Yeah. But like, yeah. And when you sit and, meditate on that like it can almost be like well it should inspire some shame i think at that yeah. moment but like our lady doesn't she doesn't see it that way and actually she well through through my good buddy aaron she seems to have picked me for for a very special uh son of hers we did through the marian consecration we did the marian consecration together i think so I was, was it your first time doing it yeah that was a couple years ago yeah wow yeah we should we, we want to get yeah, get into rolled that. this doctor out yeah. of the ditch he was drunk i said hey get up we're doing the marian consecration let's go matt <laughs> that's funny and we played crib <laughs> yeah that's pretty much how this, uh, no. there's no ditch yeah no but like so what what led to this in particular like, the consecration like, like you probably i mean you've been in trad circles for yeah. a long time yeah what, what was your what was your aversion to it isn't that I, it's funny and my mom had done it years and years and years ago so I knew it existed. Actually, it, it's. I looked on my Kindle, and like I had bought Saint Louis de Montfort's True Devotion, like the tan copy. I don't know, ten years ago or something, and like I just didn't. I never did it. It just never. I I don't know why. Obviously, in Providence, he, he it was supposed to happen he, when it did. No, he just can't. He can't. He can't just spit it out. Be like. Aaron made me do it. Yeah, Aaron made me his, do it. His high whiny voice. Yeah, yeah. He, has, he, can, he can get really annoying. Yeah, I did something right <laughs> for once, right? Oh, no, no, no. I have no problem admitting that. I just wonder why I didn't do it before. Because yeah. like I said, I had copies of the book. I knew it existed. No idea. And so it happened when it was supposed to happen. But yeah. it's kind of neat to think that anyone who goes through that, like our lady's choosing you, right? Like it's not. Yep. It's quite an honor, yep. especially when you think about the glories of our lady yeah absolutely well just similar to saying hail mary is is an honor just to be able to say it like that's a privilege to to be like what is what is consecration do you want to just describe it a bit like what you do in the lead up what what the idea of it is and yes it, it is a consecration that is more grave than even a religious vow or a marriage i would maybe not marriage but because marriage something happens it's not but necessarily an ontological change no, yeah, right. But you you give up more than people do in religious. So Louis de Montfort's version, which we all highly recommend, I think we've we've all done it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, it is um, all all your you you're giving up all your merits, all your satisfactions, all your actions, all your prayers, all your external goods, all your external goods, yourself, yourself. Um, I, I actually right into her hands, right into her hands. And there's a lot of good reasons for this. We can we can get into it, but. I think why one we wanted to mention this in the podcast is because I think a lot of people do the Marian consecrations, but they don't realize the severity of it. Like it says, right, Louis de Montfort, like you can't pray, like I can't be like someone's like, oh, Chris, pray. Like if you Chris says, pray for me, I'm like, OK, but like I actually can't like I've you've 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 said I'm going to go through God through Mary. 
on everything. Like I can't pray for Chris. I can be like, you know, so that's except where your duties of state. So priests mm-hmm. can still do prayers for people because, but mm-hmm. it's like, well, I, I you just do it in a different way though. Right. I, I think it's more so just a re- reality that at the end of your prayer, you, you recognize like you can do whatever you want with yeah. this. Like it's, there's kind of like this idea of almost like a laziness, like, well, like, you know, everything is, you know, it's hers anyway, so I don't have to do it. I don't think that's necessarily the heart of the Marian consecration, though. I think it's, we recognize that it's all hers in the end and she can do with it what she wills. Like there's that story in the actual book, right? Where, um, where he talks about how there's that beggar that comes with his, his bowl of apples, right? And, and he says, I want to, I want to comes to the queen and says i want to give these apples to the king as a present and so the queen says you know looks at the apples and like some have worms in them and there's there's some that are rotten and those are my prayers (laughs) yeah and says okay well here's the thing i'll take i'll take care of this and i'll make sure that it's all taken care of and so she goes and she cuts out the worms and the and the rotten parts and creates a beautiful thing to present to the king in the end Mm -hmm. says you know this is from this banker yeah you know that's kind of the same way i understand the consecration is that we still come with those those prayers obviously if somebody says to you or to i i mean especially me as a carmelite my my carmelite vows take or promises take precedence but like if somebody says hey i need you to pray for me I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to pray for you because Mary, you know, is taking care of it. But I recognize that Our Lady takes care of all the prayers that I offer. And if she wills it, if she under, she understands what God's will is. So I just say, here's this person. They're struggling with this, you know. Um, I love that example. That's a great example. Another one, just to look at it a different way. If you had a, a sovereign king and you were someone there and you said, I want you to take all my money and use it for for like what you want then so like you 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 almost became a slave in that you were like in like you um that you couldn't really do anything because you didn't make money unless like he gave it to you if 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 you gave your whole life to someone and they were good which mary and our lord is you would it'd be like it'd be like if you're like oh my buddy like needs some help like they're like okay of course i'll help out your buddy like you gave me everything yeah so or well and also like the idea that i hope people don't look at it the wrong way like you don't think that you could ever outdo our lord or our lady in generosity either yeah yeah so i mean you offer them everything but you think your gift is going to be generous i mean no, St. Exactly. Louis de Montfort makes it clear that it'll pale in comparison to what the graces are returned to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's true. Um, yeah. We, so we all did it. When did you do the consecration? Uh, on the Feast of the Assumption. So maybe we should just mention to people there's a, there's a prep period with kind of certain prayers you do. You can, you're encouraged to do some sort of penance during it as well, or at least on the day of. And then you pick a Marian feast day. St. Louis de Montfort actually recommended, I think his favorite was the, yeah, the Annunciation because that's the incarnation of our Lord. But people pick all sorts of Marian feast days. And it was it was just kind of funny. Like I I think I thought, I, I love the Feast of the Assumption. And I thought about if I was going to do it, I'd probably pick around then too. And then when Aaron mentioned it to me, told me to just 
you know, actually do something for once, do something about it. Um, it was perfect timing to start for the assumption. So nice. I did mine on the assumption too. Oh, that's all three of us then. Yeah. That's weird. And then Our Lady of the Snows for my official Louis de Montfort uh, consecration. But. Well, and then that's probably also why I have such a rosy nostalgia for St. Joseph Oratory because we went down yeah. to St. Joseph Oratory before low mass. I think we said a rosary outside in front of our statue of Our Lady. And then uh, I got to do my consecration, signed it right at her big side altar. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a beautiful altar too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like for me, I, so I start off doing the Marian consecration according to St. Maximilian Colby with the Militia Immaculata. And that's a much easier um, road to go down. Uh, granted, you do end up having to agree to wear the miraculous medal every day for the rest of your life. Um, and obviously, you know, live in a state of, you know, try to live in the state of grace and all of that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I got to tell you, I was dealing with at that time, um, I've talked to the boys about this before. At that time, I was, I was in a rough spot spiritually. I was going through a little bit of a, a little bit, a significant rough patch. And uh, I was really struggling with the sin of lust and uh, unchastity. And I did that consecration in the throes of that, you know, and I still went to um, I still went to mass and, and confession and all of that with it. But um, I made the I made the consecration in uh, in Washington, D.C. the day before I got engaged. Really? And um and so I did that and then completed the kind of the consecration um, as well, like just kind of ratified it again when I was in front of the Blessed Sacrament the next, next day. And that's where I asked Julie to marry me. But I got to tell you, in that moment, I, I received an, an uncanny amount of grace and it broke um, a huge attachment that I had had. Um, like I had been struggling with masturbation and stuff like that and gone. Um, and I was talking to a friend, uh, a mutual friend of ours, and he himself had done the Marian consecration and it did the same thing for him. Hmm. You know, so, you know, uh, granted he did the, the, the Louis de Montfort consecration. So I guess, you know, for anybody who may be struggling in the interior life, who may be struggling with say a particular sin that they just can't seem to break. Um, I think the Marian consecration is one of the biggest tools that our lady has given to us to be able to combat these sins of the flesh. And, you know, she's not in the business of leaving us floundering, you know, she's become our mother. And so if she sees us drowning in sin, she as a mother is, compelled to help us um but yeah i don't know like i think we need to come to her um and i think the marrying consecration is the best way one of the mm -hmm. best ways i would say the best way to do it because there's such grace that you can receive from it so yeah i yeah, recommend it for anybody yeah and actually once you at the end of the book doesn't it talk about joining the some society the, oh, the, not a confraternity, but confraternity. Something like, no, it's, it's something like that, though. The association but, of something. But yeah. once you actually register, I mean, there are sweet indulgences. indulgences you can gain just from, you know, renewing your consecration on certain days. Certainly on the one-year anniversary, too. But um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and there are there are shorter forms of, you know, when you're doing the one year probably reconsecration, but it's probably not a bad idea to go through the whole thing again. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I, my date was 2014. Uh, I've done it every year. Some years better or worse than others. Actually, the year I did it with Matt, it was. I did a, such a sloppy job. I was going through a rough patch myself. It was funny. Just my renewal that year. I was like, oh man, like I felt bad because Matt was doing it. And I was like, slack. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but assumption uh, is, is kind of a neat one because I didn't, I've, I've never done this before, but that used to be one kind of one of the mini Lent's. There's Our Lady's Fast leading up to the assumption. Oh, wow. And it's basically you give up fruit, it's I think, for fast, a month think, yeah. before uh, the wow. assumption right in the peak of summer, but it's it's kind of neat that that'd be a nice thing to even throw on top of your uh, preparation too. Yeah. Hey, too. Just if we have any more naysayers who've made it all the way through, this is completely scriptural. This uh, Marian consecration, Jacob and Esau, when Esau, Esau. Ah, shoot. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, well, Gosu, Gosu, Jacob and Gosu. So Jacob and Gosu. If you know the story, it's very quick. It's very cool. Um, Oh, I forget it. I don't know. Someone's out and about, and someone is in and about. It's like Brent Petrie's in the room talking. Oh my gosh! It's great. It, it's just interesting if you read it through the lens of the Marian consecrate. You're just thinking about it. Um, Our Lady like literally says, just like because he's basically stealing the birthright from the Father, and it's just like what happens if like I get in trouble? She's like, his curses will fall on me. And it's like, whoa, that's like, it's just, it's just a bizarre story when you, when you kind of look at it, you're like, this is weird. And yeah, it's, it's in Montfort's book. It is. And he explains it. But, and I think that it's the most beautiful thing. Explains how it's a type. Yeah. Basically like she clothes Esau in the, in like. I think Jacob. Isn't Esau the bad? Oh yeah. the bad one. Clothes Jacob in. The skin of a lamb or something. Yeah. It's just like, oh, here we go. But because it doesn't, like, isn't the father blind and, you know, he just kind of recognizes from. uh, And she puts on his, his, his clothes. Yeah. So he smells like his, his firstborn and she puts on his, on hairy lambskins on his, um on his arms so he feels like his brother but the voice is different and all these things like the voice is different but like he's got the scent of the of the firstborn and everything is 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 just represents different aspects yeah. of our lord's crucifixion and how it's an atone um how it atones for our sins and like gets us on the inside with our father and uh it's just really cool but like just yeah, I don't, she like, helps us put on that paschal lamp put, right? put on like, the paschal like let his curse fall upon me it's just like whoa and which it did at the crucifixion yeah all this is, yeah, it's a type, certainly, a type. of, I think, of Marian consecration, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Also, uh, if you haven't enrolled in the scapular, I think it's a fantastic devotion. Yeah. Come to come to Pentecost, oh, Pe- Pentecost, and we're going to do a blessing, and we'll have, like, a little scapular doing, like, line up, too. With, That's a in, great the, in the old form, it'll be all in Latin, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Father will get most but, of the words. Most of the words, yeah, so... Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. No, so, yeah, definitely um, check out the scapular if oh, you haven't man. done the it. The scapular alone, they're amazing can... stories all over the internet. Just look some of them up a bit. I, yeah, yep. I had signal graces the day I put the scapular on. So it's oh, pretty, cool. pretty wee owl. So. Wee owl. Wee owl. I'm sorry. How many times do I have to say that? Um, is that, is, is, that uh... is there anything else that you want to note from your notes here? No, I don't my know. dude. Like, we didn't... Can I just read the quote from St. John Ute? 
Yeah, I really liked it. It's in a book that I'm reading in preparation for this podcast that I got nowhere near finishing. But he talks about Our Lady and says, um, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, chose the incomparable Virgin Mary from among all creatures to be his mother and deigned to be nourished and governed by her. In his infinite goodness, he also gave her to us to be our queen, our mother, and our sure refuge in all our needs. He therefore wishes us to honor her as he honors her and to love her as he loves her. Mary always held and will hold forever the first place in the sacred heart of her divine son. She always was and will never cease to be the first object of his love after the eternal father. And so he wishes that next to God, she should be the principal object of our devotion. I just thought that was a great summary of everything that we tried to say yeah. um, in this podcast. There's obviously a lot there to 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 chew on, but um, yeah. So especially in this month of of May, dedicated to Our Lady, oh yeah, find find something to do to up your devotion to Our Lady, whether it be get enrolled in the scapular willing stuff the, yeah. there's tons of books like 30 days meditation 31 days meditation books and we'll link that you can just get on the internet and buy yeah. for the love of mary by the yeah. hermit um there's yeah. yeah if you're not doing your rosary daily start doing your rosary daily yeah. sorry i cut you off chris no and, no um, that's fine just anything for yeah the love of mary. F- even yeah. find find a way to just spend time with her because you know even even just in your times of mental prayer you know return to asking her assistance in that those times too because she helps she helps yeah, yeah. well wow we yeah we yeah uh, we uh this we is. thank you very much for listening to today's podcast yeah we uh we out so um, this is what happens when we're, we're we're back in easter so we're drinking coffee yeah. and we're drinking whiskey again <laughs> it's really dulled everything i feel like yeah what do we do now uh, it's the podcast. Yeah. um yeah. yeah. So tune in next week, either next week or the following week, depending. We have a very special podcast planned. Um, oh, yeah. We should leave them hanging. But, well. Just a little hint. But how, how can we how can we hint this without giving it away? Uh, um, if you've ever wondered if there could be... Um, a way to embarrass Aaron and Matt. Yes. And Chris. And, and me. Oh, really? You're in? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If and you could find a way to do that um, and it not be done themselves. I don't know. Maybe this is a terrible way to explain it. No, let's think how would we explain it? I don't know. Like. If you want to see what usurpation looks like. Oh, <gasps> yeah. You want to see what Chris is Yes. If you want to see the yeah. ultimate trifecta of capitulation. Yeah. The trifecta of capitulation. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. That was but Chris did eat the ghost pepper spring, so I capitulated to you. Yeah, because you didn't want to get the sh- the men shame. You're like, I That's don't want true. Aaron making fun of me on the podcast. And you you ate like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. How's your butt? Ouch. Ouch. We ouch. Alright. Well, I think there's been a murder. A murder? We ow. This is silly. You don't have any proof. Did you say poof? Proof. Wee-ow. Jason, the whole wee-ow thing, it's getting a little annoying. Well, I gotta say the poof thing is a little annoying, too. All right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Tune in to next week's podcast. It may be the surprise podcast. If not, we're, we're going to also be talking either next week or the following week about the Novus Ordo. And it's, it's time, yeah. And it's time for us to air our grievances. It's the elephant the in the Novus. room. Yeah. So... Um, tune in if you are strong of stomach 
uh, to that podcast. Um, we'll let everybody know. Follow us on social media so you know what's coming, which one's which. And uh, we really appreciate everybody listening. We hope you guys have had a blessed Easter and you're still continuing to enjoy your Easter because yeah. it's the Easter season. So we are Easter people and whiskey is our song. Yes. Yes. Good call. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. What do you think about Mary? Do you have a special devotion to her? Or do you struggle with Mary and devotion? Do you have a particular approved Mary and apparition that really speaks to you? We'd love to know. Message us on Facebook or DM on Instagram at Theology of the Buddy. Or email us at theologyofthebuddy at gmail.com. We'd also love for you to send us a voicemail via Facebook Messenger. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Also, in the spirit of the Easter season, would you please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes? We'd so greatly appreciate it, as it helps us to get noticed within iTunes. Next week will be a bit of a surprise. Stay tuned on social media for hints of what is coming. Make sure you're subscribed so you'll know when it comes out. We'll save you a seat at the table. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so until then, stay tratty!